What's going on? We are in your ear, as we always are, on Wednesdays, but today is Thursday because <coughs> the Rangers played a rather forgettable hockey game yesterday. My name is Joe Fortunato. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Michael Murphy and Beth Macklin. Mike, Beth, how are you guys doing today? Doing lovely. Snarl. Mike is lovely. Snarl. I am Snarl. A snarl. Um, if you can't hear it in his voice, we've made some upgrades to the podcast, one of which is Skype subscriptions for half of us, at least, for Mike. <laughs> Beth will get hers next week. Um, but we are uh, doing what we promised you we would with the Patreon money. Um, so thank you for that. Patreon subscribers are a big reason why this show is as amazing as it is. And uh, we would just like to thank you. And Michael, say a few things so that the people can hear how wonderful your voice sounds. Sounds so good. Um, I like don't that get shy. my voice my voice will be clear now. What I don't like is that you guys still sound like you're talking through like a walkie-talkie in a submarine. So there's a lot of pressure on me to be as, you know, coherent and have cogent thoughts throughout the podcast. I'm pretty sure I'll crack under this pressure, much like this Rangers team has been cracking, but positive Uh-oh. thoughts. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that, that we have an upgrade to talk about. Anthony Viola, Dan Lynch, George Littman, Matt Bader, Eric Cohn, Daniel DeGen, Michael Silvers, Trevor Kemp, uh, Thomas Osa, Alexander Thornton, Nicholas Forlenza, Dan Carosi, Taylor Ryder, John J. Porter, Armiel Kissinger, Zachary Zetlin, Igor Zetlovsky, and Arch Williams. Thank you all for donating. You guys Thank you. are the wind <clears throat> beneath our wings or the clarity yep. behind Mike's voice. Uh, you can donate and be one of those people of which we name live on the show at patreon.com slash blueshowpanther. So, yeah, go do that. Anywho, Rangers Hockey, we have a plethora of things to talk to you about and... Well, there'll be things to talk about. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, why don't we start here? The Rangers lost to the Devils. They played a really good game, but they lost. They lost to the Islanders. They played a, a good game. Not a really good game, but a good game, and they lost. The Rangers have lost seven in a row, eight if you count New Jersey as a home game because – I'm sorry, they've lost seven games in a row at home, eight if you count New Jersey because that's basically a home game for the Rangers. We were just talking about this before the podcast began when we do our little shenanigans behind the scenes. I do not give a rat's ass that the Rangers have lost seven in a row at home. I don't think it means anything. I don't think it has anything to do with anything. Am I wrong, Michael Murphy? The clarity of Michael Murphy. (laughs) I don't know. I think um, plenty of people would tell you that winning at home is more important. But if you think about the bigger picture, especially where the Rangers are going to fit in in the playoffs, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to be the home ice team. So, and the Rangers also, I think the last time I looked, they had the best road record in the NHL. I'm not sure if that's still true, but if it's not the best, then it's in the top three. So I think you can afford to have this sort of home ice slump um, if you're, you know, Cureless in terms of the way you play when you're wearing your white jerseys. So uh, I know that you say you just don't care and it doesn't matter to you, Joe, but why, why don't you care? Is it just because mm-hmm. you think people put too much stock into winning at home ice or, or what? I, 
as I said in the recap today, I think the Rangers are losing games at home because the Rangers are losing games. There is no magical, they play different on the road than they play at home nonsense. Uh, I, I, I don't see there being any real difference between the games that the Rangers are playing on home ice rather than away ice, other than the fact that the Rangers are not losing away. But the playoffs is basically a brand new season. The Rangers are not going to be the home team anyway. Uh, the Rangers are losing games yeah. because their power play is not good, and their penalty kill is even worse. And then last night, you know, they had fun dressing bad players. But regardless, <laughs> there's no, if the Rangers, it's coincidence. At least to me, it's coincidence. It's not like the Rangers are, everybody says, oh, they're this amazing road team and this terrible home team. They're the same team. They're still the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, they're going to lose games. They're going to look not good. It's not that they don't look good because they're playing at home. It's they don't look good because this team has major flaws that nobody seems to want to talk about. I guess that's what it is. Like, everybody's freaking out. Pierre Maguire's asking Elaine Vigneault about it. I don't care. It does not mean anything. It's just a fluky thing. Sure, the Rangers' home record is bad this year. Okay. Their road record is great this year. Okay. That doesn't mean that the Rangers are going to go on the road to Montreal and win all four games and everybody's going to be hunky-dory. It doesn't really mean much of anything unless the team is playing drastically different between home and away, but I just don't see that. I, no, they're I, I would not. I think it, it would mean more, I, I would assume, if they were losing the road games because then you can at least make the argument that they're getting rattled in other buildings. And Montreal, and the reason why we're mentioning them so much is because the Rangers are 100% going to be in that wild card spot um, in a sort of 60% of the time. It's going to happen 100% of the time type of way. And it looks like Montreal is going to take the other side of the conference. Now we're going to get into what might happen if that does not happen, because how amazing would it be if Ottawa usurped them for the top role and the Rangers are playing Ottawa instead of Montreal. But I get it. If you're concerned about what the Rangers are going to be doing in the bell center, but like, they can win in Washington, they can win in Pittsburgh, they can win in Columbus. You'd think the Montreal stuff died in 2014. The only reason why the Rangers are not going to go anywhere in the playoffs is not because they can't win at home. It's because their penalty kill is awful, and their power play is not good. That's what I think, Michael. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I agree. Things that, yeah. Well, go ahead, Mike. People just like to get worked up about it. Yeah. No, no well, I want to hear what Beth's going to say, but I uh, I was just saying, I think it's something that it's one of those when there's so many things that are going wrong or so many things that are frustrating with the team, um, losing at home is something that I think is a big part of fan talk and fan conversation because, you know, there's there's always pride at winning at home ice. And, you know, there's the factor that I think, for, I don't know if the data is still you know, still uh, applicable, but it, the average team, I think, wins 55% of their points in a season at home, um, and you're supposed to win at home. That's the thing, you know, quote-unquote supposed to win at home, but if you're doing what the Rangers do on the road, it, it just frankly doesn't matter very much. I mean, and they're not, the Rangers are not a terrible team at home. They've just been terrible of late. You know, they're still, you know, we still have a 19-16 and three record at home. I mean, that's nothing to to get too excited about. But they're 26-9 and one on the road, so you know, it kind of it kind of bounces out, and that's why this team has 94 points with 
you know, there's still eight games left, and they're they're sitting at 94 points, and you know, we're talking about them correctly as you know they're pretty much a lock to make the playoffs, even with the struggles they're going through because they did that well for that long. You know, they're still ahead of Montreal in points by a margin of three points, and you know, if not for Columbus. Pittsburgh and Washington being who they are, the Rangers would not even be a wild card seed. So anyway, Beth, what were you going to say? No, I mean, I think I misinterpreted what Joe originally said when I disagreed with him. I mean, the the sort of insidious thing here, and I agree with Joe now that I, I don't think it matters that the Rangers are losing at home. I think that what <laughs> matters is their an inconsistent team for which we've found some sort of consistency narrative. And the consistency narrative is they win away and they lose at home, Um, which we really – the thing is that they lose, and they lose games that they shouldn't lose. And that should be the thing that we're, you know, focusing on at this point and not where those wins or losses are happening. I think so. I guess I kind of got on Joe's boat there. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't care about the fact that they're losing because I kind of do. Kind of do a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Well, it, it's not that you shouldn't be concerned they're losing. You should absolutely be concerned they're losing because they're losing. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. more that like them losing at home is, is not any different than – them losing on the road or the way they've lost yeah, on the agreed. road. Or it's just it's the, it's the same thing. It just happens to be a coincidence that they've lost all those games at home. I mean, at least to me. Mm. Mike, according to the chat room, you sound like a totally different person. So <laughs> I'm going to say oh, that's horrifying thing. to know. It is. You're no longer Thank Michael. You, you are Miguel. Evil Mike. I hope it's nice uh, things. Now I'm scared to go in there. Uh, no, it's just, it's literally one person. Actually, two people now, but it's Arvor Green who said that you were, uh, sounded like a whole different person. <laughs> you know, we do, we, we have a pretty lively chat room on Wednesdays, but for whatever reason, when we move to Thursdays because of the Ranger games, it's, uh, never seems to be as lively. Get way more of, uh, an archive there, but he says it's in a good way, so that's good. Um, all right, let's kind of switch gears to Rick Nash, who has been Monster Nash and his best now I guess newly adopted Lord's adult son, who is scoring goals and all of a sudden magically living up to that contract that he somehow was not living up to before. Uh, Let me paint a beautiful picture for both of you. Rick Nash getting hot come the playoffs. It is an oil painting on beautiful canvas, but we've seen Nash reach the 20 goal mark this year. Um, People are saying that it's, terrible that it took him this long, but those people are also bad people. Um, how important is it for him to be as good as he's been these past few weeks? And it, it really has been these past few weeks. He, he started finishing a little bit more. He scored against the Devils. He scored against the Islanders. But I think the Rangers look like a totally different team when Rick Nash is playing very well. And even when he's just putting his shoulder down and crashing the net, because the Rangers don't have a ton of guys that do that. Kreider does it instinctively. Hayes and Miller do it occasionally. Zabanajad will do it, but there really aren't enough players that just put their shoulders down and go to the slot, and Nash has been one of those players. And it does make a difference, especially with a team that is having trouble scoring the way that the Rangers are. And Beth, I will let you speak on your favorite Ranger 
You know what? I want I want Rick Nash to make a videotape. Yes, I said videotape, and I want it to be called How to Be Big, and I want Chris Kreider to watch it because, yes, Kreider crashes the net. He's famous for crashing the net. That's the reputation he's had ever since the Carey Price incident. But the thing is he doesn't crash the net all the time necessarily, and if Nash has the puck, he's going to go to the net. I think the fun thing about watching Nash recently is that he is probably the one player who you're not going to be like, why did you pass that puck? Because if he has a scoring chance, he's going to go to the net or he's going to shoot. Um, And watching the game last night, and again, I'm all for beautiful passing plays. I'm all for Miller and Hayes thinking about things before they do them. Um, But if you've got a chance, you've got to crash the net. And I would really, I didn't mean this to be a Chris Kreider point, but I think it's becoming one because the analogy is obvious because Nash just uses his body better. Um, and he doesn't have the speed Kreider has, but he's got he's gonna he's gonna get the puck and he's gonna go for it and he's gonna score enough so that it makes a difference. That I wish Kreider would try it more often, frankly. Um, but yeah, it's great to see him playing like this, and it's great to see him always making the effort. And yes, I've been Team Nash, you know, even when he's not racking up the points. And it would be wonderful to see him score in the playoffs. Which I will add, he would did last he did last year. Not that it mattered, um, but you know he's been so fantastic at both ends. And really, anyone who's complaining about Nash right now, just put the little crab antennae right on their head, um, because there's real there's nothing to complain about with the way he's playing right now. He's been fantastic. He's been on, and there's. No, when he gets the puck, you're excited. You know that there's not going to be eight passes coming. You know there's going to be an attempt. Um, and there's a really good chance it's going to work. And that's what's great about watching him right now. Michael? Yeah, I think Beth hit the nail on the head with just, when you see Nash go to the net, you know he's not going to be that guy who makes that superfluous pass. He's when he's really on his game and lately that's the way it's looked. I think in his last eight games, it's, I just looked at it before the podcast. He's something like 3.75 shots per game. You know, he's just, um, which is, you know, a tick up from what he normally does and you can kind of see it, you know, he's going to the net, he's putting shots on net and all that. And that's all great stuff. But what's been so noticeable, I think lately of Nash is that, at times, the Rangers have looked kind of listless or lost, and, oh, this set play isn't working, and that's frustrating. And then Nash will have a shift where he just takes the puck and, you know, just drives to the net, and you go like, oh, yeah, we can also do that. You know, he's the guy who's willing to, you know, just go hard to the net, and that's, you know, it's such a horrible hockey cliche, but good things happen that way. You know, you cause disarray and you cause chaos, and... You know, Nash, you know, he's 32 years old, and there's a lot of talk and rumors about whether or not his time with the Rangers is coming to an end. But, you know, price tag and all, I I still think he's a very, very good player, and he's been great with the Rangers. And I know he is one of those guys who's very much polarizing among Ranger fans. And, you know, it's I can't even count the amount of times I've heard, you know, his name next to, you know, lazy in the playoffs or doesn't show up in big games. But 
I mean, how good has he looked against the Islanders and the Penguins and, you know, inside the division against the, in these big rivalry games where the points count for just a little bit more? I mean, he always shows up to play in big games. So I really have very few problems with how he's playing this year, especially, you know, considering the injuries and, you know, his points per game is the lowest it's been since he's a rookie. Hartnett just wrote about that, but... In terms of the eye test and, you know, what we know about his underlying numbers, there's there's only upside, really. What, what's your take on that, Joe? Well, I do want to get to one point that Beth mentioned, which is the Nash and Kreider comparables. And I think part of the reason why mm-hmm. Kreider doesn't go to the net as much as Nash does is Nash actually doesn't have a good shot. It's it's funny to say that about a guy who, in his NHL career, has amassed 413 goals. But he's very good in close. He's great in terms of, you know, those quick little flicks and just being in the right areas at the right time and scoring dirty goals. But Rick Nash is not a sniper. He's not going to come down the line and pick a corner. More often than not, he, his goals are from maybe five feet out from the net. Kreider does have the ability to snipe corners, and I think that's one of the reasons why Kreider plays maybe a more loose game from the crease where Nash is a little bit more in tight, because Nash has to be and Kreider doesn't have to be. However, when Nash is on a rush, a lot of times I think Nash goes in close because he knows he has to. If Kreider had the option, he would take a shot from far out, and that may be better suited to him. But sometimes I feel like Kreider tries to stay away from the net to pick corners, and it would be much better for him to go in. You know, guys who can snipe maybe don't have as good of hands as Rick Nash does in close, but they could certainly score those dirty goals, and it makes them more dangerous all around. And that's one of the things that I think is lacking from Kreider's game right now, not that he's anything that the Rangers or Ranger fans should be upset about because Kreider has been very good. But to your point, Beth, I think that's more of why you it would be good for Kreider to learn that because it would really round out his game. But Nash can't do the things Kreider can do. Kreider could learn to do the things Nash could do, and I guess that's really the big difference on that one. That's why I want Nash um, to make the videotape. God, could you imagine? Nash is already <laughs> so like quiet and humble. Uh, this is Nash with How to Be Big. Move slowly <laughs> towards the net and apologize to the defenseman that you hit along the way. Although... I make that joke. He like he really is taking a beating for the work that he's they doing were, in front of the They net. were kicking his butt last night. I don't know what was going on, but the Islanders had a bone to pick with Nash. Well, you and, know, the Rangers have players who are supposed to stop that from happening. That obviously worked out <laughs> so well. Um, he doesn't get any calls Uh-oh. either. For a superstar in the NHL, he really does not get those, you know, Malkin, Ovechkin kind of every benefit of the doubt call. Nash gets almost none of them. And it's bizarre. It really is. It's just strange. I don't know why that would be. It's not like he goes off and he's crazy like a Sean Avery type or someone who, you know, is just nuts. He's very quiet. He does his own thing. He seems to be very respectful, although I guess I I don't know that for sure. So who knows? Um, Okay, that's fun Nash stuff. Now we're going to get into something that's maybe not as positive as it could be. I made a big stink on my recap of, of the game yesterday um, that the Rangers are in a very rare situation 
where the results of the game don't matter. The Rangers are going to take the wild card regardless. If you look at the standings, the Rangers have 94 points. They're six points behind Columbus, who is in that final position in the Metro. And they're 12 points ahead of Boston, who is in the second to last wild card position. So they are where they are. It was reported, Vigneault said that some guys were banged up. Buchnevich and Clendenning came out. Beat reporters were like, well, we didn't ask questions because A.V. said they were hurt. And then after the game, he found out that A.V. actually did it because he wanted to get glass into the lineup against the Islanders. Um, what would be the benefit of not utilizing these games that don't matter to give V.C. and Buchnevich and Shea and whoever... 30 minutes a night if you want to, because it doesn't matter. VC played last night, and he played 10 minutes. These are the moments where you're going to lean on these players for a very long time, you hope. You're going to lean on them in the playoffs this year, you hope. Why would you not give them every opportunity to play? Sit Nash, sit Stepan, sit Zuccarello, sit anybody other than the kids that you need to develop. Mike, I know you have thoughts on this, and I will allow mm-hmm. you to spew them now. Uh, um, I try to be really patient with uh, Vino and his decisions because Mike you know it's very it. easy to be like, you know, it's uh, it's you know, oh that was a mistake, and we know that because we saw it didn't pan out. You know, the result-driven analysis of you know, coaching from your couch, but the thing that really gets to me about this is you know how good did Buchnevich look in the last game he played you know with the primary assist and you know he had a couple of good chances and I mean granted it was against the Devils and a lot of players will look good against the Devils but he looked like he looked a lot like someone who isn't Tanner Glass and um, and by that I mean he looked like a player who is deserving of you know, playing in the top three. And I know there's the ongoing debate of, you know, where would he fit and, you know, who comes out of the lineup for him. Well, you know, it's like Joe said, these games are now, they're not completely meaningless because the Rangers very clearly need to use these eight remaining games to iron things out and try to figure out what the hell they're doing, frankly, because, the fact that Glass is still a guy who's getting plugged in here, um, it's it's really hard to, I think, defend and really hard to understand. Um, there's no one on the Islanders roster who you look at him and you say, oh, that guy's going to take liberties with our players. You know, they have, they have guys who ruffle the feathers and, you know, guys like Clutterbuck and stuff who will get under your skin, but there's not, like a renowned cheap shot artist. There's no Matt Cook. You know, there's no Marty McSorley that you need to keep in line. It's the Islanders. Um, I I don't know what the benefit is of having Tanner Glass in the lineup. Um, and the thing that bothers me the most about all this is, you know, I, we've been kind of able to laugh off, you know, Glass being there because in the back of my head I've been saying, oh, but... He's not going to be around for the playoffs because that would be crazy. But uh, mm-hmm. it's getting to the it's getting to the point where I really think he might be around for the playoffs, and that is crazy, and not in the 
you know, the ha-ha, isn't that funny that the Rangers are poorly run. It's it's frustrating in the, you know, this coach who just signed this extension really doesn't seem to know, you know, a good idea from a doorknob. He just can't figure out what to do with the assets he has, and he continues to go back to this bizarre way of thinking where he thinks that toughness is something he needs in a lineup that he's built for speed. It's so hard to understand, and I know I'm ranting, so I'm going to pass it off to whichever one of you wants to pick it up, but uh, I've really kind of reached that point now where I, I've i really lost faith in Vino making the right decision, and I know I don't know better than him. I don't I don't understand the game as well as he does, but there are some things where you look at it and you just say, you know, how can he reach the conclusion that taking this kid who has all this skill and all this potential and keeping him out of the lineup, let alone playing VC 10 minutes, what the hell is the end game there? Why Camphor over Glenn Denning? Why any of these things? I don't know. Anyway, that saved me. Didn't Vigneault just say recently to the press corps that which Nevich was a player who needed to be on the ice. I mean, didn't he say he did. something to the effect that he needed games? He literally and said then yes, he has he a great game and he benches him. He needs to play. That was that was what he yeah. said. Which is what we had been saying all along while he was benched, and then Vigneault himself says it, and then he gets benched again. So I I mean. At this point, I mean, I understand when I disagree with his logic, I've come to accept that. But when he even disagrees with his own logic, I mean, we've pretty much ascertained that there were no, like, weird random injuries they're keeping secret or anything, right? I mean, it was a personnel choice. That's what A.B. said. After the game, he admitted that it was, uh, you know, based on the opponent. And that's where I get annoyed because – don't tell me you can't question a coach. And we go over this a lot because there are lots of things to question. And the reality of the situation is if the games don't matter. And here's the other thing. I don't even care that he played glass last night. Glass hasn't been the glass of old while he's been in the lineup. That by no means, you know, insinuates he should be playing every night. Because I think even Peary or Pumple are better options than him by a long shot. But, you don't sit Buchnevich. Sit someone else. I don't care that Glass was playing. I care that Buchnevich was not playing. He had an assist against the Devils. He looked great. And I tweeted during the game against the Devils, I don't understand how this kid could ever sit. And, you know, Zippe is like, well, Vigneault said it was an injury. But nobody asks. And it clearly wasn't because of an injury. And when you look at this team, and you look at the way that the Rangers are winning games, and you look at the way they're, more importantly, losing games, Buchnevich isn't going to help you on the penalty kill because Vigneault doesn't put him on the penalty kill. But he can sure as hell help you on the power play. He can sure as hell add offense. And you can bet the Rangers probably would have liked to have his skill in the lineup last night when they were looking for a goal down one late. Karp says he's a 12th forward. Other people say he's a 12th forward. I, I cannot even remotely get behind that idea. People think VC is a better player. I don't. In what universe is VC a better player? And that's not an insult at VC, 
But, ironically enough, these are from the same people who thought Hayes was lazy last year, from the same people who would sooner trade Hayes for a fourth-round draft pick last year than they would have seen him in the lineup this year, and to the same people who are telling me, well, look at how good Hayes and Miller are because of their benchings. Nope, 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 nope. I, like, it's just insanity. And those who forget their history are doomed to repeat it. How many times <laughs> are you going to forget what's happened? The Rangers had a great record last year, too. And what happened? We talked about, oh, there's no way Glass is going to be playing in a playoff game over someone. He played for Hayes. He played for Lindbergh. Don't tell me it doesn't happen. Tell me we're being negative when you've seen this crap happen over and over again. And the thing is, I don't think Vigneault is a bad coach. I think he makes terrible decisions. And right now, every problem that I have with Vigneault, the problem really falls on Jeff Gordon's hands. Jeff Gordon calls up Tanner Glass. Jeff Gordon calls up Stephen Kampfer. Jeff Gordon allowed all this to happen by not getting rid of the problems at hand. Every time Girardi's on the top pair, Jeff Gordon didn't buy him out. Every time Tanner Glass plays in a game this year, Jeff Gordon called him up. You can only absolve someone so long for the things that they don't do because, unfortunately, you can't blame Gordon for not doing anything at the trade deadline because you and I don't know what was offered. It was probably crap. But you can blame him for bringing up Glass. You can blame him for not buying out Girardi. You can't blame him for putting the Rangers in this situation that they're in right now. They better sign Smith, otherwise that's a hell of a price to pay. The Rangers have they can't beat the Islanders or the Devils, and people think they're going to make a Stanley Cup run. And I actually see a path where the Rangers very well could make a Stanley Cup run, and that would be terrifying in a good way, <laughs> good type of terrifying. A lot of things would have to go right. If we'll we get out of the that. first round, it's all gravy. Well, I guess at, at this point, my grand idea, I hinted at before we went on the air. So the Rangers are going to play the winner of the Atlantic Division. Right now, that's Montreal, who has 91 points in 73 games. Ottawa has 88 points in 72 games. Now, I don't think I would love to see Derek Broussard as an opponent in the playoffs, but mm, I'd yeah. much rather play Ottawa than Montreal because you don't reseed. Montreal and Toronto would play one another. Maybe Toronto wins. I'd rather play Toronto than Montreal. I could see the Rangers getting out of the Atlantic relatively easily, even with all their flaws. And in that case, you hope that Washington and Pittsburgh beat the ever-living crap out of each other, and they're banged up and bruised, and they're an easier matchup in the conference final, and the next thing you know, the Rangers are in the Stanley Cup final. That is my grand plan. And here's the other thing. The Rangers have 94 points right now. They would be the second best team in the West. So, think about that. Suck on that, nerds. Mike, you said it wasn't going to happen. Why is it going to happen? Um, because it's a lot of things falling their way, and uh, there's a couple of things going on with the team that make me think they're not. You know, that's saying you make your own luck. The Rangers have not been making their own luck lately. Um, no. You know, we, you know, we talked about, you know, before the podcast, I think about just, oh, you know, it's just pucks. The pucks just aren't, you know, no luck with puck bounces and rebounds and all that stuff. But, you know, I, if Buchnevich is still at even strength, the highest point 
points per 60 player on the Rangers roster this season. He's a healthy scratch for, for Tanner Glass. When you do things like that, I don't think you're going to get things, you know, breaking your way because every shift that Tanner Glass takes is a shift where the Rangers are a worse team. And it's not just Tanner Glass. I know he's kind of become the sun at the the center of this miserable little solar system we have. But um, it's it, do I see Joe's, uh, like, wonderful scenario playing out? Of course it could happen. Uh, I do think that Montreal is, you know, a pretty spooky team in terms of we don't really know what they are because I don't think a lot of people really know what they are. Um, I think Ottawa and Toronto are both teams that the Rangers would beat in a seven-game series pretty handily. And as much as I well, like to believe you feel more that comfortable in, I, just uh, before you got too far beyond the point, you, you yeah. think the Rangers would beat both Montreal and Ottawa easily. I think the Rangers could beat Ottawa easily. I think they would have a tough time with Montreal. And my yeah. reason for saying that is I feel like Montreal is like the evil mirror image of the New York Rangers. No, no I'm, I'm in Toronto. Terry Price has. Oh, right. And an unbelievable goaltender. Carey Price scares the hell out of me. The Rangers can't score right yeah, now against Yeah, me too. That's the point. Yeah. It's okay. not just that he's a good goaltender. He psychs us out, I think. There's something about him. I meant yeah, to well, say yeah, they could beat Toronto or Ottawa handily. Um, yeah. No, see, it's, but, you sound more clear, but it, it, it's those mistakes that just... Yeah, apparently. <laughs> just disappointed. Disappointing. Disappointed. But yeah, Montreal scares me, I think, for, for good reasons. They're a team that I think hasn't reached their potential this season, even with, you know, the big turnaround they have, because they have a lot of players who are not playing like they're supposed to, like Brendan Gallagher comes to mind. Um, you know, uh, Placanitz comes to mind. You know, they have a lot of guys who just haven't been right this year because of injuries and other factors. Um, and we know... As Ranger fans, we know full well what it means to have a world-class goalie in the playoffs. It means, you know, sometimes you throw the playbook at the window because you just can't beat a guy. And Price is that kind of goalie. So, you know, with all that being said, I would absolutely, every day of the week, face Montreal over Washington or Pittsburgh. But uh, there's still a team to worry about. And that's part of the reason why I'm as discouraged as I am about the way the team is playing and the decisions that are being made here in the home stretch, because this doesn't look like a team that would beat Montreal in a seven game series. If they're, you know, they're losing points to the devils and the Islanders and let alone whether or not, you know, games at home matter. It's, you know, it's, this is the Islanders. This is the devils, you know, the Islanders best goaltender was in the AHL when we played them. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> We allowed two power play goals in the third period to the Islanders. That's uh, that's not good, for for want of a better word. I really, really, really want Elaine Vigneault to have to walk from the top of MSG down to the bottom on a stairway full of chanting Islanders fans. I really do, because that is a thing that he should have to suffer and feel responsible for is just my editorial comment that I'm going to make right now. Because I had to do it last night, and I did not enjoy it. Akin to when Cersei had to do the Walk of Shame in Game of Thrones. I don't know, because I haven't seen that, but the shame was not mine. 
Well, she was Yet also naked. Still, for so some reason, I had to experience it. That was a different. So maybe, maybe it would be much different. Anywho, um, <laughs> the other terrifying <laughs> aspect of Montreal, I think Montreal is the reason Glass is here in the first place, because Dwight King bullied more oh, in like two seconds. That is a so, good point. You know yeah. that that little aspect of this matchup would turn back into well, we have to get him back in there to make sure that, <sighs> that doesn't happen again. So yeah, yeah I mean, listen, the Rangers, the Rangers got nasty against the Devils when they had to. VC Holden and Brendan Smith got into like a line brawl, and people were pissed because they quote unquote got their ass kicked. Well, first of all, a Glass wouldn't have been on the ice, and B. What are you stopping? You're not stopping anything. Yeah. It's going to happen. The first game Glass came back in, Camper got driven into the boards with one of the dirtiest hits I've ever seen. And again, this has nothing to do with Tanner Glass, honestly. This has everything to do with playing him or anyone who does not bring an amount of skill to the lineup over a guy like Buchnevich. That that's even on the table. Like, Fast has not really brought all that much the past few weeks since he's come back from the injury. Lindbergh has usurped him for top Swedish kid. So what happens there? But Fast is the Navy favorite, and he's not allowed to leave the top nine. And now we're here. So anyway, now that this has turned into the negative podcast. The truthful podcast. The truth, yeah, that's true. We're not calling it negative anymore. We're talking, we're calling it the truth podcast because this is true. And, and you know, nothing about what we're talking about is new. And it's, it's not like we're not berating on the team, we're berating on certain aspects of the team. So, yeah, you said such nice things about Rick Nash. Clearly, we care. We did. And Hayes. Clearly we care. And all of this talk about Glass not should not be in the lineup is about Buchnevich. Because he should yeah. be in the lineup. Because Buchnevich so, yeah. is really, really good. And that's it's it would be nice if he got to play the hockey that he's so good at when he hockeys. Ooh, Arvor and again, I mean last point. night last night was Go another ahead, fight. That, I mean that was just I mean staged is a strong word, but what even brought that on? Uh, no, that one, Glass hit him pretty good, and then he went back at Glass, and Glass was just not having any of it. Well, I know, but I'm saying it wasn't like Glass went after a player who went after a Ranger. Sure. Like, there was no event that precipitated the fight, right? The fight itself was fine. He did great. I was glad when he got his sleeve loose and started pummeling the, you know, I mean, if I'm going to be happy about a fight, he did fine. But my point is, it was a fight that it came out of nowhere for nothing. Correct. Sure. So, I mean, again, I can't get behind that because all I'm thinking is somebody's getting, you know, future brain damage for putting on a show for no reason. I mean, you want to avenge somebody, go right ahead. But didn't Grabner basically got boarded after that happened? And... You know, there was no, obviously it hadn't been a deterrent. I just, I can't get behind that. And when I say that, frankly, Tanner Glass, I am looking out for your best interest. Because it's true. I just don't, I can't, that just, it looks staged, it looks bad. And if you're enjoying that and nothing has brought it on, seriously, re- rethink what you're there for. 
Agreed. Mike, one of the things you wanted to talk about was Henrik Lundqvist returning. And I will give you this opportunity. You know, people have started turning on Ranta. How amazing is that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. When I posted the news like update on today on, on Banter, yeah, Ranta. What has Ranta done wrong? He's been really, really good. He's been really good all season long. Um, He's just being blamed. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Like, you know, is it Ranta's fault that the penalty kill has been hot garbage and that you know <laughs> he allows two power play goals? No, that's not Auntie Ranta's fault. It might, might have something to do with the structure and systems of the team that has, I think, the tied for the third worst power play since the beginning of the new year. I'm not sure Auntie Ranta is responsible for that. Um, Can I ask what, a question? Yes, please do. That's relevant. Who do you think – remember Talbot had the nice run when Henrik was hurt, and it's very considerate of Henrik to get hurt right when, you know, his replacements can be accruing value. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think looks better, Talbot at the end of his run of Henrik's last injury or Ronta right now? Ooh, Mike, I'll let you handle that one first. Oh, boy. I think Ronta, but that's just my... Yeah, I don't know. I would I would only say Talbot because I think the team had more success. and like That's true. Because, yeah. because the Rangers have been kind of what are they, 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10? Um, like, when a team goes on a run, you know, the storylines, people look for storylines, and it's like, holy crap, you know, look at, you know, Bill Butterface's, you know, save percentage <laughs> and goals against average during that run. Clearly, it's all about Butterface and what he's doing. And, you know, but when a goalie is like, hey, Auntie Ranta's doing a very capable job behind a team that seems to be crumbling in front of him, you know, that's not an article that gets written. You no, know, you're right. He's he's doing everything he can to keep the sandcastle together as the tide comes in. You know, it, it we don't celebrate that often enough. But really, like when you when you look at this, uh, how Ranta has stepped in, I, I uh, there's nothing to complain about for me. There's he's one of the most affordable backup goaltenders in the league. He the Rangers have him at a bargain, and he, every, like, I thought he was great last season. He's been, like, yeah. almost twice as good this year. He's as good as it gets in terms of backup goalies. I, I love the way he's played. So when people go after sweet, sweet Auntie Ranta, who, is, by the way, is a recent father, for those of you who don't want to put pressure on someone who doesn't get a lot of sleep every night now. But uh, I think, like, I don't know. I don't get why people think he's the reason the Rangers don't win at home or all this other crap. It's been great. Anyway, Hank is back. That's good. Uh, Just to answer your question, Beth, uh, I would say Talbot. Only because Talbot had the full tire fire defense. Girardi's been out for a while. Um, Brendan Smith is an enormous upgrade over what the Rangers had last. Well, maybe not over Yandel, actually, but even so. I think the length of time that Talbot did what he had to do spoke volumes, and he had, like, what, a 1-9 goals against average? He was amazing. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Um, yeah. And, and he was great. I'm not taking anything away from Ronta, who I think has been, has been just as good. I just think that Talbot did more He's of it. He's had Stephen Camper to deal with. Or longer. Well, 
Clendenning and Camphor probably upgrades from Girardi. So, um, yeah, you know, that's a thing. That's a uh, thing. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yes, Mike is right. Uh, Hank is going to be back. We're thinking what two out of three games on this Western road trip, and woohoo, 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 woohoo. Get ready for the playoffs, Hank. Yeah. Yeah, get ready for the playoffs. What is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten on a stick? <laughs> the weirdest. My question yeah, oh, is the best thing the you've best? ever eaten. All right, fine. The best thing you've ever eaten on a stick. Yeah, but I like weirdest too. Well, weirdest I'll do. Best? I'll do best. Both, I guess. Um, I still think to this day, uh, if human history started all over again, we wouldn't have come up with the corn dog. Uh, again, it's it's a very I don't know. I think we have a predilection towards fried But a corn dog is pretty weird. Um, I don't have a very adventurous palate, so that's probably the weirdest thing that I've eaten on a stick that I like. My favorite thing I've ever eaten on a stick is just uh, marinated Japanese beef, which is on a stick. Mm. Um, It makes me incredibly happy. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Best. What's your weirdest and best thing on a stick? Um, best thing, uh, the chicken. Oh, what is it called? Chicken satire. Chate. Yeah, it might be that. Um, that tastes the stuff with the amazing peanut sauce. Yes, that's it. Chicken satire. Yes. Uh, it would probably be the best thing I've ever eaten. The weirdest thing I've ever eaten on a stick. <sighs> I don't know. I really don't eat that many stick foods, to be completely honest with you. Like a SpongeBob popsicle, does that count because it's on a stick? Because I've eaten my fair share of those. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even think of the 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 popsicle world. That's pretty. As a twenty-six year old adult, I have eaten plenty of SpongeBob related foods, including SpongeBob popsicles. Do you let it melt a little bit so SpongeBob looks like he's been tortured or no? no I do not. That is a horrible thought. <laughs> Food doesn't last that long around me as is, for those of you who have met me. It goes right in the old gullet. Beth? Weirdest thing on a stick. I don't eat weird things on sticks. I mean, I don't eat weird things. Yeah, didn't really? we have a discussion about the weirdest thing we ever ate and Beth's was like pheasant or something bizarre? Yeah, it really mine was raw oyster. I don't think. I I don't even eat sushi. I'm afraid of sushi. Really? You know, I love I'm sushi. not afraid of it. I just don't want it. I don't want to put raw fish, and the portions are tiny. I don't want to. It's not a thing that I want. Everyone tells me I should, but I don't. So I think doesn't. a corn dog is a little weirder than people are giving it credit for. I mean, I, I've eaten it's, my fair share of corn dogs too. Have I ever eaten butter on a stick? There may have been a time in my life where I ate like butter on a stick. Fried butter on a, a stick, stick of you butter. Get that butter. in the Midwest, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah fried butter That's is horrifying. Thing. Let's see, fried Please butter. tell me you haven't done that. I'm very no, worried I'm about you. Positive, I have. Let's see, fried butter. No, fried butter is a thing. No, it's definitely a thing. It's a snack food comp- comprising butter that is coated with batter or breading and then deep fried. Oh, in butter. In God butter. No, well, in, in oil. Or I no, guess. dropped into a fryer later, yeah. probably. This yeah. is how Beth wow. does her work, though, when she's buttering ducks. 
she just butters them and then deep fries them. Hey, if you haven't eaten a fryolated buttered duck, I don't know what to tell you. You know, duck is oh, well, fabulous. Have you guys eaten duck? Duck is delicious. I have eaten duck. Duck I, is very good. I had Peking duck when I was young, but Ooh, it was yeah, uh, I love Peking. It was duck. like the whole duck. Like I saw the duck, like it had like its skull and like the eye cavities and everything. So I ate it, and it was greasy. And I was like, I can't eat this. Who the hell gave you a whole yeah, duck what? with a skull? Um, and why? My my Chinese teacher. As part of like a. Did everyone we, in the class for, get a duck Chinese, or just you? No, it was a duck presented to all of us at a Chinese restaurant. Mm. Just like uh, what it, what, what, what's what's the movie A Christmas Carol mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yes. Oh, oh Christmas yeah. Story. Christmas Story. That's it. That's what it is. Well, what's the best? What's the best deep fried thing you've ever eaten? Oh, the best deep fried thing. See, I want to say deep fried Oreos, but here's the thing. Yeah, that's there's up nothing, there for I mean, me. There's nothing better than fried chicken. No, there really isn't. Fried chicken there's is the best thing ever. nothing better than fried chicken. Properly Pies fried chicken, just the best. Mike? Mm-hmm. I really, really like fried Oreos, but after I eat two of them, I grow to hate myself in a hurry. Well, yeah, your, your um, arteries I, are basically I, not working anymore. And... Yeah. I don't feel that with fried chicken. That's what's so scary about fried chicken, because you're just like, oh, this is completely normal that we've taken this bird and, you know, <laughs> dipped it into scalding oil. It's not and normal. It's, it's wonderful. It's, it is yeah, wonderful. There's um, nothing... There's nothing about it that's not wonderful. Um, but yeah, I, I would say fried Oreos are up there. I don't know. Does funnel cake count as fried? Funnel cake absolutely mm, counts as fried. I got I, I haven't a, had a for a lot of you. Fried pickles are a big weakness of mine. Oh, fried pickles, good. Come I on, love fried pickles. I'm so good. You've never had fried pickles? No. Oh, they're amazing. Oh, Michael. We're going to go to dinner someplace and go get fried pickles, even if that's the only thing we Can I come this time? You guys have already had dinner you know, without me. There is a Hooters right across the street from Madison Square Garden, <laughs> and Hooters makes well, an amazing fried pickles. Well, you know, I'm probably there already, so you guys should just stop by. Oh, Hooters makes God. wings. They, they really do make great wings and great fried pickles, so we get two of the best I fried things. I'll be blushing the whole time. I'll just be no, like, it, I'll just be whispering them, you can... You can do better than this. But it's fine. We'll just go into the corner. And we we won't make any direct There's eye more contact. There's out there for you. And we'll just I eat we'll you it gets better. Yeah. I still think fried chicken for sure. I just don't know where else we could get quality fried pickles. Um, oh, well, fried I know chicken, several places. But most okay, well, then we can, we'll, go to, we'll go to lunch with Beth or dinner with Beth then. Um, yeah, I, I'm saying fried pickles would be right behind fried chicken and then Funnel cake, actually, for me is, you know what? Okay, here's the here's the joke. Fry every damn thing, and we'll have all of it. Fried chicken, um, fried pickles, Zeppelis. Mm. Know what a Zeppeli is? Yeah. Oh, fried mozzarella, fried mozzarella, fried mozzarella, mozzarella, and crumbs. Oh yeah. I'm still. Have you going... guys ever had um, deep fried turkey at Thanksgiving? 
The turkey no, but... or just a deep fried turkey? No, no, just just a deep fried turkey. I've heard I've heard exciting things about the deep fried turkey. My neighbor, uh, when I was younger, me and my dad went to go visit my neighbor, who was standing on an eleven foot ladder, and at the top of the ladder he stood with a frozen turkey that he was going to fry in an enormous oil vat. One of the, like, open oil vats on a Bunsen burger. And my father said to him, Pete, you cannot fry a frozen turkey. The turkey needs to be dry. That is going to explode. And Pete said, no, it will be fine. And as he slowly (laughs) dipped the turkey into the boiling vat of oil, my father shielded me and ran (laughs) while he was dragging me behind him. And the turkey exploded. The entire lawn was on fire. Because the oil lit on fire. Wow. Because of all the moisture. Right. The water, like the water and the oil don't, they're like. They're like water and oil. And they don't really (laughs) go together. So it erupted over and the oil lit on fire and the whole thing exploded. I could have died that day. It also blew him off the ladder. He went flying. Um I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. I hope he's fine. I hope he's fine he's and fine. well. And... He's, he's fine. So now here's okay, it's good. fried chicken, fried pickles, Zeppelis, fried mozzarella. mozzarella. I, I can go. Oh my I god, can... fried mozzarella is so good. Oh, fried mozzarella. Fried burrata. You ever had fried burrata? Mm. No. Fried cheese. Yeah. Maybe we I should just pickles. all we should go somewhere and just more or less kill ourselves with fried fried food. We'll buy a like fry later. We'll buy a bunch of shit to throw in it. Do we consider we'll... Do we consider French fries fries or fried? I rather? think they're they're just normal they now. Are, they're too much but... of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're not impressing anyone anymore. No, they really aren't. They're not working hard enough for it. Yeah, you have to jazz them up now with cheese or. Like I only learned recently, people Ooh, put old bay seasoning on it. Yeah. You ever fries had or... ice cream? No. I have that never do, had that doesn't make sense to me. Really? That seems like it's against God. I don't like it. Mm. Do uh, do we consider donuts fried? Some of them. Huh? Like Krispy Kreme gets yeah. fried. Okay, I'm changing the list. Fried chicken. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Krispy Kremes, fried pickles, Zeppelis. Nom. I will do terrible, now terrible unforgivable hungry. things. Yeah, now yeah. I'm very hungry, and I already ate. For Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme, like you should... Into Tony eat. time, and we're already, like, talking about things we're going to eat. It would be great if mm. Krispy Kreme could sponsor the show, and then we mm. could get just Krispy Kremes. All the donuts? We'd be huge. Oh, We'd be so huge. So I'd what? be huge. So what? What does it matter? We'd be dead. I'd be in a sugar coma within We'd... about four minutes. All right. We'd well, be big and, beautiful, <laughs> big and beautiful, Beth. Big and beautiful. Big and beautiful. Big and beautiful. Okay. But uh, then we definitely can't do the podcast thing where people actually see us. Well, we can try. Not that well, there's anything we... wrong with that. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to fit us in the frame, so... You know, at that point, you've already gone too far. I'd just be a picture once of a donut. Once you're on the 17th Krispy Kreme, you have 
you have something to worry about. What do we really think is going to happen here in the playoffs? What do we really think is going to happen? That is some transition. Um, I think um, I think it's going to be like a frozen turkey hitting oil. And I think. <laughs> and we'll all be blown off the ladder. Yeah, and we'll be looking around like what happened. There'll be a screaming child, a young Joe, who's traumatized. Um, what else will there be? I don't know. It's my honest answer is it really comes down to whether or not the Rangers, and by that I mean Vino, can kind of get his act together in time. Because um, with Lundqvist back, and Lundqvist, it's it's almost like a, you know, it's like a foregone conclusion. He will turn it on in the playoffs because he always does, uh, despite what his detractors might say. And he will afford the Rangers the opportunity to have a chance against anyone. But if this penalty kill continues to be this awful, and if the power play is this inconsistent, then really, you know, the penalty kill is a much bigger deal. If that continues, then this could very, very easily be a one-and-done postseason for the Rangers, despite going in through the Atlantic, which would be pretty disappointing. But uh, it would also kind of prove what I think a lot of fans already know is true, that this team is not being you know, run and operated properly by the head coach and the general manager. Yeah. I mean, you say I, uh... you hope he gets his, his stuff together, but I mean, I think his stuff is together. I think this is his stuff. This is his stuff. Yeah, I hope this not. is where we are. Right? I mean, what 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 incredible insight is he going to have before playoffs start? Uh, I I don't know. Agree with he just Jeff played Tanner Glass. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. This is, he thinks this is the best lineup, and that's really it's where we're at. That's the part. You know, that's, he, yeah, that's, that's what. That's, that's the part that's very there. defeating. Right. Yep. It's alarming, and uh, there are a lot of people who are of the ideology that you should never question the coach. And listen, if, you, if you're one of those people, this is not the podcast for you. This is the, the website is not the website for you, but it, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's the way that you want to be, then by all means, you know, unfortunately, or fortunately the blogs, the purpose of the blog is to be opinionated about the Rangers. I don't care if you like glass. I don't care if you love Vigneault. Just because I'm writing stories about the fact that I don't doesn't mean I think I, – I mean, I do think you're wrong, but it doesn't mean you're wrong to think that way. But I don't purposely go out and seek people out and just say, hey, you know, you're a moron for the way that you feel about Glass and Vigneault. I would say more often than not, those people come finding us. So yeah. it's it's not being – it's. Do you, if you think this is the best way to go forward and to win a Stanley Cup, and there are a lot of people who are pissed the Rangers didn't go out and get a Dwight King, so be it. I, I'm not going to stop you. Just don't read the website because you're not going to like what you see, and it's just going to annoy you, and then we're going to get into fights. Or you're going to yell at me a lot. There's a Reddit. There's a whole Reddit page about how terrible I am, and so be it. That's the way that life goes. There is? Uh, there is. I'm it was sorry, Joe. The day. It's fine. I don't it think you're um, That's not nice. But yeah, it, it's just it is what it is, and I think Vigneault, like the people who think that Vigneault is purposefully tanking, or like you're out of your mind if you think Vigneault 
doesn't think this is the best lineup. But that's a bigger problem is that Mignot thinks this is the best lineup. So, yeah, I'm just not – I'm not feeling it. That's all. I don't. I, I think if the Rangers end up playing Ottawa in the first round or Toronto, however that plays out, yeah, I think the Rangers may have a pretty good shot of doing some damage. I think the Rangers already have a better shot than they're going to just because they're playing in a weaker conference or a weaker division. One of the one, the one big issue is, say the Rangers go to the Eastern Conference Final on the back of playing Ottawa and Toronto does the Rangers brass think that this group is good enough to stay the way that they are and to keep going the way that they're going? And that's really the question. Um, so, yeah. Any other thoughts? No. I'm very sad that in- people just, just like you. I, I guess that's my thought. Quinnipiac's women basketball team, although I hate Quinnipiac, but whatever. Um, they are in the Sweet 16. So, go Bobcats but only that one team. Uh, Beth Macklin, twitter.com slash Beth Macklin. You can find her at blueshirtpanther.com slash riveters, and she also wrote some nice things for the Ice Garden, which is the women's hockey website on SB Nation. Michael Murphy, Dig Deep BSB, fan rag sports as well, because he is a traitor. Um, blueshirtpanther.com and blueshirtpanther.com slash riveters. You can find me at just anything blueshirtpanther. Mike, you sound like a different person. Beth, you will sound like a different person next week. <laughs> and we'll be back to Wednesday, right? No Rangers game next uh, next Wednesday? Nope. I don't believe so, yeah. Uh, and then I am letting you guys know that come the middle of May, I am going to Eastern Europe for about 10 days, so there may be no podcasts then. But uh, if the Rangers are still in the playoffs, I think I'm going to be pretty surprised. So. Wait, when are you going? Yeah. May 5th to the 17th. Goodness. Where in Eastern Europe? Prague. An undisclosed location? Prague, Prague. Budapest, and Vienna. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, pretty fancy Prague. Maybe I'll run into Yarmir Yager, so long as the Panthers aren't doing anything. (laughs) Um, And I don't think they will be. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We love you. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Take care of yourselves um, and each other. Beth is a whale. Uh, and donate. <laughs> I'm a whale. Good night.